0: Let's stand all over the house this morning. Welcome to church this morning. Those online, we welcome you to church as well today. It's sing an old hymn of the church. Simply sings, oh, I want to see him look upon his face. We'll ask. and offerings and simultaneously while you do that we're going to have our meet and greet this morning so will you join us this morning as we meet and greet this morning Amen
1: i to give you
0: bless you this morning. We're going to ask those that are this morning leading in scripture and prayer. They go ahead and make their way at this time. They're going to come. And immediately following that, we have a special treat for you this morning. Sister Lila Faye is going to, so we're going to ask her if she would make her way up here as well. And immediately following scripture and prayer, she's going to bless us with the song this morning. God bless you.
2: Praise the Lord. Good looking crowd out there. Amen. We need a little bit of help on our side. Uh, y'all pray for our side. Y'all look good. Um, Proverbs 3 uh, scripture that we're all familiar with but it's good it, it's good, I think it's good for the church trust in the Lord all thy heart and lean not upon thy own understanding and all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path and I'm thankful for that today um, I don't know about you but I need him to direct my path every day because uh, I want to be doing his work doing his will being where he wants me to be let us pray Ask God to touch and bless this service today. Um, I come to praise the Lord. <laughs> and um, that's, that's what I come for. Give him praise and give him honor. Let us pray. Father, again, we're thankful, Lord, to be in your house. Thankful, Lord, for your love, mercy, and grace. Lord, we thankful for your spirit, Lord. Father, I pray, Lord, that you bless and touch and move upon your people, Lord. And, Father, in return, um, your folks, your people, Lord, will lift up holy hands. And praise, honor, and glory for you're worthy of it all, Lord. Touch uh, every song, Lord, that's sung. Touch the, the preaching of thy word. Just have your way, Lord, in this congregation. And we'll be careful, Lord, to praise you and thank you for all that you do. In Christ's name, amen. We all say praise amen. the Lord.
0: And you may be seated this morning. worship with Sister Lila Faye as she comes to bless us this morning in songs.
1: for me. Wait. Well then-
0: Awesome in this place Lord we just, we know the Bible says the Lord inhabits the praises of his people just come today and we're going to declare that unto the Lord as I come into your presence pass the gates of praise
1: Lord into your sanctuary? know who he holds the future because I-
0: father we know that life is worth living just because you live father we stand on the secrecy of that property. And today we stand on holy ground and we decree and declare God that we have experienced your presence in this house but Lord we are so thankful that we know who holds our future there's a lot of things in life that are uncertain, but one thing that is not uncertain is that you're still God and you're great and greatly to be praised. I don't have to worry. I don't have to fret for my God has never failed
1: me yet. My confidence will continue me through
0: this. of your pres- of your people, and in your presence. God, the remaining portion of this service we commit to your arms and to your loving care. God, I'm asking you to speak to your people today. Hide me behind the cross so that you are exalted and lifted up. Speak to your people. Let us not just be hearers of the word, but doers likewise. Father, I commit everything Every song that has been sung, every note that has been played, every scripture that has been read, and been offered. I commit it to your care. In Christ Jesus, our Lord, we pray and ask these things. The body of Christ together said amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord this morning. We just take a moment and give a hand of welcome to all our online guests today that are watching online. We have quite a few watching. To our worship team and this band, you guys, you guys are some of the best. Thank you so much. You guys make me look good, sound good. And that's a hard job to do. And you do it well. You do it well. Ms. Tana, if I could get a little bit of me in this monitor above my head, I'd appreciate that. I don't want to blow the people out, but I, I feel like I'm way, way, away. Let me say, while you're seated, if you want to go ahead and turn, you can go to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. I have a couple of housekeeping items while you are turning there that I want to bring to the attention of this body during this time. Part, uh, in the mail this week that simply says thank you so much for allowing us to be a part of the family of God here at Santee Circle. Thank you for loving us, praying for us, and allowing us to worship together. We are eternally grateful for your friendship and fellowship. Thank you for ex- accepting our love and loving family. Pray for us as we follow the Lord and continue to do the work of the kingdom and know your hearts and prayers. Keep the faith. Stay strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Let brotherly love continue and unity of the Spirit abound among you always. We will miss you all and are so sad to be leaving. Lastly, empower one another with God's Word, love, truth, and faith. Be intentional in prayer and in God's Word. We love and appreciate you all until we get to worship and see each other again. And they wanted you to know that they missed you this week. And from my understanding, they had quite a great time in the Lord last Sunday as his first Sunday as a senior pastor at the Mullins Church of God and so we are so excited for them and their ministry parents don't forget to take your kids home with you today we don't keep them we send them home Uh, we want you to to take them back if you came with a kid take one back with you if you didn't come with a kid and you'd like one uh, ask somebody in the church they'll give you theirs I'm sure so you can take one of those too just long as we know somebody who's responsible took the child uh, so, yeah, yeah, Chris and uh, April have got a few they can probably spare you. So uh, they can borrow any time, any time, starting today after church, any time you want. Uh, so remember that. Don't forget, if you want to know more about our church stuff, you can download the Our Church app and then look for Sanity Circle Church of God or always go on our website, uh, SanityCircleCog.org. All of our services are archived there. They're also on Apple and Google Podcast. As you already saw, there's ways to give. We do it in-house. We do it online we do it on the website we do it on apps there's all kinds of ways to give unto the lord a couple of things that are you just i just want to let you be aware of coming soon to a theater near you we will be starting men's ministry launching back up men mentoring men bible study m3 and it's going to be a design where we come together and we just dialogue we go to breakfast uh Brother Corey and I, over the last year and a half or so, we have spent many a mornings at Little Pappy's uh, eating breakfast and stuff like that. You can find just about every man in Berkeley County either at Little Pappy's or at Howard's. That's the two places you need to go early in the morning to meet every man in Berkeley County. Anybody important goes to those two places. So there's all kinds of things on the horizon coming up. Ladies, we didn't leave you out in the circle. We'll be coming more information, Sister Jennifer. Wyatt, as your uh, acting president, um, I told my wife last night sitting in the house, I said, you do know technically by default that uh, the way the Church of God structured, that you technically are the women's ministry president. She said, well, who is it right now before, you know, and I said, oh, Miss Jennifer is. She said, well, can I, can I resign from my own post of duty? Can I quit my job? And I was like, I've never really had that question asked. So she has uh, graciously reneged all of her authorities and rights to Miss Jennifer, um, and says, I don't care what she says, she can say we're blowing something up. I'm going to say yes as long as I don't have to make the decision. So anything that happens, blame Miss Jennifer because Brianna's doing whatever she says So, uh, for right now. But uh, anyway, that's coming soon to you. All parents of children, all teenagers, anybody that is a, a part of our student ministry department from the smallest to the... This weekend we're having your back... A little bit different. We try to work coordinate between softball schedules and all kinds of camps and all kinds of other stuff. So, this Saturday from 10 to 12, motion on College Park Road, uh, we're going skating together. I know it's old school, most of y'all don't even know what rollerblading and skating is, but it's these things that are like shoes with wheels and you roll around on them. It's really a novelty, but it's pretty cool once you get the hang of it. Your pastor does not know how to do it, so come so you can watch me fail miserably. I can't do this. I've tried in line. They're all in one row. I've tried all four of them, and I look like a newborn baby giraffe just coming to the gate for the first time. I, 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 I can't do that. I, I can't do that. I will have to sign a liability release form for myself that I can't get in trouble if I break anything. So Ms. Jeannie's already told me I need to fill one out because I am not good at this. But don't worry. The food has already been provided for your lunch that day, and the church will be paying the admission for your kids. Now, if you, as a 45, 50, 60-year-old person, decide you want to skate, God bless you. You're on your own. We're not responsible for you because we're only saying this is for kids and teens, but if you want to skate, you can. I think it's like $10, I believe, to get your skates and to do it for as long as you want to be there. We're paying for your kids. I'm not into the hospital with a broken limb. That's not what I'm here to do. But it's Saturday from 10 to 12. If you need any more information, Miss Jeannie is in the main house with us this morning. She can give you Miss Sandy has your kids out back this morning with Brianna. They can give you more information when you pick them up. But we'd love to have you bring a friend. Somebody asked, Well, can we invite people to come? Yes, you can. We want people to know about you. we want them to come. That's what we want to be a big family. So uh, all of you that are on the leadership team, you already know that. Mind you on the twenty-seventh we have leadership training from nine to twelve here snacks and danishes and coffees and juices. But if you have a leadership team, you know who you are. We send out these letters, but I want to remind you, don't forget these dates. Also, snack night is coming up. We're getting back into the group. More than church of God people like to do, then favorite thing to do. And so I decided I want to be church of God. I want to eat too. So we have decided we're going to launch it back. So on the last Sunday night of this month, which is August the 28th, after the p.m. service, so you have to come to church to get fed, but after the p.m. service, we'll go into the back. You won't have to go see Miss Beverly at Huddle House. She'll be sad, but we'll she'll survive one night. We're going to feed you here. We're going to all bring covered dishes, snacks, and some people bring pizza and wings. Some people bring salads. We'll bring chips and dip. It's just a smorgasbord of whosoever will bring it from your house. Some things people bring we don't know what it is. They don't tell us till after we eat it. It's good, and then you have to decide if it was good enough after they tell you what it was. It's like, you know, squirrel and things like that. And it's so oh, you don't know what you're eating. But that's coming up as well. Also, we have discussed we are going to be starting once a month a Wednesday night fellowship meal, like we used to, like we did with Bible school. But it's only once a month that's going to be always on the first Wednesday of every month. So this particular one will be on September the 7th. It's going to be a kind of a fish fry. We'll have other things in case somebody doesn't eat that. But we'll have sides and hush puppies and things like that. But Miss Brenda Burbage over here has so graciously agreed to help us. And she's going to be cooking some fish for us, for us to have for that night. And then she's going to make some hush puppies. And don't worry if you say, well, Pastor, I would have been glad to cook. Don't worry. I got your name down. You're coming up soon. I know who all you cooks are, so don't worry, you're not getting a pass. We're just not wanting to stress everyone out. But on the last Sunday of this month, August 28th, we need you to sign up if you think you may come that Wednesday night from 6 to 6.45 and eat. Because I don't want to waste food either. Amen. We don't want to be bad stewards of even food. So we want to make sure we have enough. We always do. But we certainly don't want somebody to, you know, if somebody doesn't know for sure and they show up, we'll still feed them. But we don't want 100 people to sign up to come, and then only 20 of you come, and I got a lot of fish wasted. Please let us know if you plan on coming so we can prepare accordingly. But uh, I think uh, September is fish. October, I'm a little foggy on, uh, but I do know November and December are Thanksgiving and Christmas food type things. Turkey and dressing and cranberry sauce and yams, sweet potato souffle. God, I feel it right now in my spirit as I keep talking. Uh, macaroni and cheese, sweet tea. I mean, let's just go to November. Let's get the November temperatures. Let's just go eat there, too. Let's just sweet up the calendar. But uh, So make sure you're aware of that. All that stuff will be on screens and will be on websites. But I want you to know, because I don't want you to say, well, I, I didn't hear about it. Pastor, you didn't say nothing about it. Yes, I did. So I want you to know we said something about it. Now, let's get into the word of the Lord. I have been on ever since leaving General Assembly of uh, evaluating not only the church at large, not just Church of God, but the universal church that we talk about that God died for. Then I started thinking about the local denomination all the way down to our local house here. And I've been on this journey of having some, I guess you could say some internal questions that I am wanting God to give me some answers to. Not that anything's bad, but there's just some things that I feel like that there's got to be more than what we're experiencing and what we're seeing. And I'm going to talk about that today. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Once you have it, I'm going to ask you to stand for the reading of the Word. We're going to read a few verses in here. All of those verses will be on the screens to my right and to my left. If you don't have your Bibles, if you do, or a smartphone, you can use that. We'd love for you to follow along. Now, this is the Apostle Paul talking to the church at Corinth. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. I don't want you not to know. You know that you were Gentiles, carried away by idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse. No one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. He's basically saying you can't play with the devil and live for God. You got to make a choice here. There are diversities of gifts. Not everybody gets the same gift. But it is the same Holy Spirit that worketh all these gifts together. Not everybody's going to have the gift of prophecy. Some people have the gift of prophet lion. They say stuff but it never comes to pass or they're a liar. So we call them prophet liars. That's what we call them. Diversities of gifts but the same of these gifts he gives the ability to work miracles and to some prophecy to some the discerning of spirits to another different kinds of tongues meaning speaking in tongues to another the interpretation of tongues you realize not everybody's going to be able to interpret the holy spirit speaking in tongues it's a gift it's a gift. Just like baptism of the Holy Spirit, we believe, is available to all. But being filled with the Holy Spirit, with the initial evidence of speaking in a heavenly language, that's a gift from God. Being the ability to interpret from God. These are gifts of the Spirit. Verse 11. But, no, but one and the same Spirit, they work all these things, diversifying them individually as He wills. God's working all these gifts together for the edification of His church. Now, the very last... First he writes in chapter 12 is this. But my desire is that you search for the best gift. Honestly seek for the best gift. What's the best gift? We'll talk about that in a minute. But best of the best. And I'll show you a more excellent way. But here's the one where it says some miracles, some prophecies, some spirits, etc. Here's what I have decided to talk about of the Holy Spirit that I have been struggling in. We have right now in our society a church of missing miracles. Where are they? Where are the miracles? Now, I know what most people in this audience are going to say. Well, Pastor, we prayed for some stuff here, and God's done it. Yeah, I get that. But that's just one small sample size when we talk about the whole world. Where's the miracles? Where are the blind eyes being opened? That can't happen? God can't still open blind eyes? Where's it it at? Deaf ears opening? Lame people walking? Cancer just being eradicated like that? Diversity, uh, people that are having back issues and knee issues and pain in body, carpal tunnel, whatever, eradicated like that? Where's it at? It's missing. It's missing. Father, to the very best of my ability, help me to preach your word to your people. I will forever commit this. Christ Jesus our Lord I pray and ask these things the body of Christ together said amen amen you may be seated if you listen fast we'll get through this fast now I want you to hear before I get into the crux of this message and really as the old-timers say start shucking corn in the house this morning I want to set up a background of this so you understand where I'm coming from I have read over my not only ministerial stint, but even as a young adult and a teenager reading the word of the Lord, I have read the book of First Corinthians. In fact, when I was in college, I had the esteemed opportunity for an elective to take a course straight on just the book of First Corinthians alone, study the biblical book study of First Corinthians. So I know about the book of First Corinthians. You know, I know that in around the year 50 A.D., Paul's on his second missionary journey, and he's doing his place called Corinth, and he stays there for a while, and then he moves to a city called the western coast of what is now known as Turkey, modern-day Turkey, which is about 150, I mean, excuse me, about 180 miles all by way of sea across from Corinth. I know around... A.D. 53 and 54, the Apostle Paul decides to write a letter to the church that just three or four years earlier he planted in this city called Corinth. I know he writes this letter to address some of their doctrinal beliefs and ideologies and disgruntlements. I know that there were people from the house of Chloe that were causing issues. I know that there were some following the way of Apollos and saying, well, some are following Apollos and some are following Paul, so who, who should we follow? I know there was disagreements or disgruntlements within the body of Christ. I know that. I know that the church that was planted had problems within that, their own house. Hello, Preacher. We are living in a day where churches, we don't have to look to the world for problems. We got enough problems in our own house that we got to worry about first. We got enough skeletons in our own closet and enough things the Bible says we got to clean our own house up first. Judgment begins at the house of the Lord. I can't worry about everybody else's problems when we as the body of Christ have problems amongst us. I know that. I know that he begins to talk about the different parts, and some scholars believe the book of First Corinthians can be divided in seven parts, seven being the biblical number of divine completion, and we know that they can be divided in sections and parts. In chapter 17 through chapter 14, which is right in the middle of where chapter 12 lies, in that section we know the Apostle Paul addresses things like marriage, Christian liberty, how to worship and conduct yourselves in order and in conduct with the Spirit of the Lord, but in that same section... He talks about the idea and the meaning and the administration of something known as the gifts of the Holy Spirit. In fact, in chapter 12, he starts talking about something that we call the spiritual body of Christ. The eye can't say to the hand. The foot can't say to the arm. The, you know, we're a one body comprised of many parts working equally together for the edification and advancement of the kingdom of God. That's chapter 12. Chapter 13 the Apostle Paul, I read to you in chapter uh, 12, excuse me, in chapter uh, 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 13, I'm sorry, let me back up in chapter 13, we, we read about this gift called love. Oh, if I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but I have not love, I am as of a tinkling brass or a clanging cymbal. If I have all gift of prophecies and can reveal all mysteries and can t- and interpret diversities of tongue, if I did all of that, but I have not love. Love is patient, it's not envious, it does not boast, it is not self-seeking, it's not easily puffed up, it's not easily angered. The last things when I look in the mirror, I spoke as a child, I reasoned as a child, but then when I became an adult, I had to put away childish tendencies, and then I came to the realization that three things really down to the meat of it all, faith, hope, and love, but out of everything, the greatest of all these things is what we call love. In 1 Corinthians 12, I read part of you, but if you look back at 1 Corinthians 12, 12, and down to about verse uh, 27 or 28, the Bible talks about this body of Christ. But I read to you in 1 Corinthians 12 and 31, he said, I pray that you desire the best gift of all. The best gift of all is love. Because none of the other gifts of the Spirit can be working and operating properly if you don't know how to do it in Christian love. You can't prophesy over somebody's life and cuss them out in the same breath come on preacher you can't, you can't speak now I know I'm going to get myself in trouble but I'm just going to preach today because I mean you got till 6 o'clock you got to hear it again so I'm going to get, get my little soapbox while I'm here you can't come up to an old fashioned altar and speak in tongues and go be rude to the waitress at Gilligan's when you leave this church because I'll tell you straight up right now, you can mark it down, you can tweet it, you can put it on Facebook, you can hashtag it, you can put it anywhere you want to. If I see that you speak in tongues at church, but I go out to eat with you, or I'm sitting at the table across to you, and I hear you talk in a derogatory manner to the waitress, I'm going to tell you that that was working through you that morning. Because the Holy Spirit doesn't let you speak in rude to the lost out there. Because the Bible the Spirit is the one that draws them to repentance. How can I draw them to the cross of Calvary when I treat them like dirt at the restaurant? That's good preaching even if you are nominal this morning. Because we got too many people walking around with their self-righteous indignation and puffed up haughtiness of spirit. Pride goes before destruction and a Holy Spirit before the fall. But we got a lot of people walking around trying to toot their spiritual gifts. The problem is they don't have love, so that doesn't mean they've got the right gift. Because the Bible says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. The very first fruit of the Spirit of God is love. And if I have not love, I don't have the Spirit of God in my life. I just don't. I mean, Jesus' very nature why He came to this earth was to display love. To die for sinful man out of an act of love. It was a loving act of mercy and grace. It was love. And if God Himself, I mean, the first John, I believe, is first John 4 and 8, if I have my reference correct, my brain's a little foggy, but it says that God is Love, that is the very characteristic of God, is love. But I started thinking the Spirit gives these gifts. Now, there are different gifts that we like to preach about in Pentecostal circles, we all like to preach on Pentecost and in the day they were all gathered in one mind and one accord there came suddenly the sound of a rushing mighty wind and filled the house and there appeared unto them, unto them clothing tongues as a fire and it rested upon each of them and they began to speak in another language as the spirit gave the utterance and Peter gets up on the bow of the, of the balcony of the house and preaches and 3,000 people get saved and 5,000 people get added to the church and he's going to Cornelius' house and Paul's going to everyone's house and they're laying hands on people they're speaking in tongues falling out in the spirit all this stuff's happened that's phenomenal and we in Pentecostal circles, boy. we preach that happy we snort we snot we spit we throw we sling water we dance around like David with the royal ephod when the ark of the covenant I mean we're just having ourselves a time in the Lord great that's only one of the gifts oh we like the interpretation oh we like that when someone speaks in tongues somebody has that gift of interpretation thus saith the Lord the God of Israel and we like to interpret and we get out of church and we're like "Whoo, man what a time we had in the Lord that's great that's just one of the other gifts. There's more than just that. Now you're going to think that I'm not Pentecostal when I'm about to say this, but I'm I am born and bred, tried and true, multi generation church of God to the core. So I'm not ashamed of who I am. But there's more to God than just speaking in tongues and a shout. And if the only thing you got is a shout, one day your shout's gonna run out. So you gotta have something more of substance because sometimes the shout just runs out. You can tweet it, write it down, you can say, my pastor said the shout runs out. Yes, it does. Even the good... Th- stain fighting spray bottle of shout on your laundry eventually if you spray it on enough laundry the shout runs out and you got to go back to Walmart and buy yourself a new bottle you're not going to always feel like shouting when you come to church you're not always going to feel like running the aisle sometimes you don't even know how to find the shout because you feel like the devil's taking your praise and you got nothing even to say sometimes you don't feel like you can run because you're weary but I can run and not grow weary and I can walk and not faint because the spirit of the Lord can lift me like eagle's wings high above the things I'm telling you you're not always going to feel. But you've got to know what you know inside of your heart. And one of the gifts that are often not talked about very often is the gift of healings and the gift of miracles. And one of the reasons I think most of the time we don't talk about miracles is because we think, oh, if we start talking about miracles, we're talking about some kind of fantasy thing. We're getting out there, getting close to fantasy. I'm not talking about prosperity preaching, naming and claiming. I'm not talking about walk outside and look at your Toyota Corolla and say, in the name of Jesus, I believe this is going to be a Lexus and wait for it to transform in front of your eyes. No, you're an idiot is what you are. You're a prophet liar. That's what you are. It's not a gift to name it stab it and stab it and slab it. And it's not that kind of gift. It's not what it's designed to do. But I've often, I've had conversations with multiple people in this house of worship in different time periods, and they started asking some questions, and I gave them the best answer I could. My wife and I over the last couple of weeks have been having some questions with just things we were just dialoguing and conversations, and it started
1: getting my mind to think. Word said that. In fact, the Bible
0: said There was a time that men and women were so anointed of God, they'd bring the sick people out into the streets, hoping that just the sun would hit them on the right spot, that the shadow of the Man of God would just happen to brush across them, and the shadow of them just being in the shadow of the Man of God, they'd recover. We can't even get people to go in the hospitals and pray for people in person, much less let a shadow fall across them. Well, I'm preaching better than you're helping me today, because we're. That's the preacher's job to go lay hands on the sick and recover. No, no, that's called the church's job. That is the church of the... The preacher's prayer should be no different than the child of God on the pew. I have no one special. All I am is called of God to deliver the message. But the Bible says we are all members of one body. And we all are members of one coalition. So it's just as good as I pray for the healing. Your prayer should be able to do the same thing. We wait for the preacher to do it. We wait for the Sunday school teacher to do it. We, we have these ideas. Why don't we believe it? Why don't we? Why don't we believe If somebody walks into this pulpit on a Sunday morning and asks me to anoint this? Why don't we really believe when I transfer it into the hand of whoever the said individual is? Cloth means nothing. It is just a piece of fabric that I put some 299 oil from Nothing, it was just an absolute representation, not anything special a sleight of hand it is nothing more than a metaphorical analysis of of, of just giving a picture representation but why don't we believe that the, in the Bible they call them handkerchiefs and aprons but why don't we believe when we anoint the prayer clause of the church that when I hand it to sister sister Anne when she's getting ready to walk in the doctor's office when she sticks it in her purse when she sits down getting ready to take the pet scan but the purse is laying in the same room why don't I believe that the spirit of the Lord can't come into that same room with dr so-and- so and start his own and start doing his own working of miracles. Why don't I believe when Brother So-and-So is walking through a difficult season in life when he puts it in his back pocket next to him? Why don't I believe the Spirit of the Lord can walk in him and give him favor at the job site or the Spirit of the Lord can give him direction or discernment? Why don't I believe that? I don't know why we don't believe it. It's nothing special about the cloth, but somehow we've lost faith in what God can do. The key to it is faith and we've lost it. You see, Carter, trucks and ATVs and all these things. They all are But, but most of those vehicles don't work even though they have unlimited potential to crank it. I have a key in my office somewhere that's going to go out to a car one car out there. A 2013 Burgundy South Carolina Gamecock color, because that's the best football team in the United States of America. I am preaching better than you're shouting today. That is the spirit. Some of y'all, I felt the spirit of condemnation, but let me just say, there is no more condemnation to them that know Christ Jesus. You can hate all you want to, but Jesus says that I'm an overcomer. Praise Jesus. There's a burgundy car out there that that one key, when I leave today, is going to open a door, going to slide into an ignition. And with the Lord's help, it's going to turn that engine over for me to drive off this property. I can try it in everybody's car here today. It ain't going to work except it's in the right key to the right car. You all have to understand, we all have been given the right key. It's called the key of faith. But miracles are not going to be administered until we put the right key in the slot and turn the engine over. If we don't put faith in our prayers and we don't put feet to our faith. If we don't believe praying the prayer of faith you know how the Bible the Bible says the sick shall recover when you pray the prayer of. Faith. That's the key. That's the ignition. That's what you got to slide in and turn over. Because the miracles are not going to happen if faith is not administered the moment. That's what's going to turn the miracle on. It's not that God has got lack of potential. It's not an indictment against God but we treat God can't do it. But the Bible said God said he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, which tells me God still can do it, so something else had to change the dynamic. Right. I picked this picture because I thought it was so in- impressive. This guy's got this hand, and it's photoshopped, obviously, but that entire thing that's spinning around his hand, galaxies of, and that man is holding his hand. You see all of the entire world's galaxies in his hand. The Bible says that the Lord holds the foundations of the world in his hands. So Jesus says he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. That means the God that raised Lazarus from the dead should be the same God that can do miracles today. So what happened? What changed? If God never changes, something had to change. And I can tell you who it was. It's the man in the mirror. You go home today, look in the mirror, and you'll see why God's presence doesn't do what it used to do because we aren't living the way people used to live either. We don't dress like people used to dress. You say, oh, Pastor, what am I supposed to do? Wear robes and wear these big cloaks and garments? No, but I do believe you should dress holy unto the Lord. Even if you don't want to hear it today. I do believe there's such a thing as holiness. Is still God's standard of living. I still believe that we can dress right. I still believe we can live right. I still believe that our conductive speech should still we should talk right. You shouldn't be cussing somebody out and then coming to the altar and wanting to pray the prayer of faith over someone and come up here and give a prophecy and be like, brother, I'm praying God's gonna just give you a miracle, but I heard you just cussing somebody out in the parking lot when you got out your car. I don't need you to come pray for them. I need you for yourself because you got some things you need to work before you come help me pray their prayer of faith. You know, Hello preacher, I believe we should talk right, not just at church when I hear you, I mean when, I, when people at Walmart say, oh hey don't you go to service? I go, oh yes I do, but they better be able to tell, not because you say some nasty words, because there's a difference in your life compared to the rest of the world. We should live right, we should talk right, we should dress right, we should walk right, we should live right. There's still something to be said about God having a righteous people. I can tell you why we don't see miracles because God's probably don't have enough people to give them to because not enough people are living right for him to administer them. Hello, preacher. I knew it wasn't going to be popular and you weren't going to like this message today. I know I know we have guests. They'll never come back. That's okay. You know how I am. I'm not here to make friends. My Facebook friends list goes down drastically every day. It's okay. It's They, they purge themselves. I don't even have to do it. They just leave me. It's wonderful. I don't even have to feel guilty for deleting them. They just leave me. And I'm like, I thought we were friends. I'll look back and they'll say, friends you might know. I was like, I added them one time before. How do they all of a sudden are not friends anymore? I thought to myself, that was God just taking them right out of my life. Thank you, Jesus. Some of y'all were on that list. I mean, I'm just just saying. I'm just saying. Some of y'all, I just got a request from you this week. I'm just kidding. The reality of it is we don't see these things come to an existence. Paul was not writing this letter to individuals. He was writing this letter to the church. He wasn't writing it to Timothy directly. He wasn't writing it to Titus directly. He was writing it to the church at Corinth, so he was writing to an entire body of believers. Which means that if he's writing it to the church, that means it's the same letter that still needs to be preached and taught into the church today. God said, that to some he gives the gift of miracles. Where are they? Oh, yeah, I know we prayed for Sister Brenda, and we prayed for some. We've seen what I call some miracles here or miss here. And I'm not, please don't say that, well, Pastor, you're just you're just not thankful for the ones we got. No, no. I am very thankful. But I still don't even think at this church we've seen the potential of what God could really do. We've seen what We've seen some flashes of him, but I don't think we fully have experienced him completely the way we really could experience him if we became hungry. And if we became had this desire to see him, I really don't believe we've even tapped into what really God could do if we did him the way we should. What about other churches? What about the church worldwide? What about the church globally around the world? You know why the more miracles are happening in Africa and China? Uganda, Zimbabwe, Russia. I'll tell you why. Because they're under immense and extreme persecution right now. They get caught. They're having tongues cut out of their mouths, being dismembered from body parts, having some torturing acts done to their bodies. Let me tell you something. You know why I know that miracles are happening there? Because even in the midst of trials and tribulations, they're still declaring Jesus Christ is Lord of their life. They're facing things we ain't even thought about facing in this country. But they're still declaring Jesus as Lord. You know why they're seeing miracles? Because they are really seeking God because God is all they have right now. That's what they need. You know why we don't see it in the United States? Because we're Laodicea. I just had this conversation with my mother on the phone this morning. My mother, every Sunday morning, either sends me a text or she'll call me on my way in. And we have prayer together and 99.9% 99.9% whatever you're thinking about saying, don't say it because it probably wasn't God, son. And She's my voice of reason. But we were having a conversation this morning. And we were talking. I didn't tell her the message. We were talking. And I said, Mom, I think the church at large in the United States, we have become a universal church of the Laodiceans. She said, what do you mean by that? Because she's doing a series on the Holy Spirit and the, and the tabernacle and the different representations of the tabernacle parts. I said, Mom, I'm going to tell you what I mean by that. We've mastered church. We know what song to sing to get somebody to stand up. We know what songs to sing to get you to cry. We know that if we sing just a little talk with Jesus just enough, somebody's going to run eventually. We know that. We know that if we sing... Let the sweet aroma of worship fill this room, or you're awesome in this place, or I love you. We know after so long, eventually somebody will cry to us, so we just keep singing it for 45 minutes, because somebody eventually will cry. We know it. I see some people smirking, but you know, you've been to churches like this, you know how they, you know how they're not telling the truth. We've mastered it. We know, we know how to have the lights turn just the right way to give an ambiance, give you a mood. We're setting the mood of worship we're gonna drop the lights down and we're gonna have we don't want bright lights so we're gonna put a little bit of blues and some pastels and little pinks on the back and we are just gonna have a nice mood for worship i came to church I don't need to get in the mood. I should have been in the mood in a prayer closet before I got to church. No matter what light you had on, I should have already had a time with Jesus before I even got to the church. I should not have to be put in the mood to experience Jesus. I should have brought Jesus with me before you set the mood. Well, I tell you, I'm I'm just killing myself this morning. I'm just just going on and on. I won't have a job. Praise Jesus. I'm glad I got the church sign fixed before I left. Praise Jesus. At least it won't go out and fry. I got it fixed this week. We set moods. You better come save me. You might as well come on. This ain't going to get better. I'll pick up part two next week, hopefully with a part that's like, praise Jesus, I'm still here. Um, We set moods to worship. We know how to get the right preachers in for revivals. (laughs) God, don't help me go here. Jesus, don't let me say what I'm about to say. We strategically pick certain evangelists to come in because we know their style is going to get a better response with the people it's not so much about brother, the right speaker for the hour but we know brother so and so he's very evangelistic he can come in here and he can preach on sweet potatoes but he preaches it so well with his fiery personality people get saved just thinking about sweet potatoes he's that good so we bring him in to just whatever he wants we, because we know he just knows how to get everybody to jump and spin and turn the Bible said the thunder roared lightning flashed the earth shook the fire fell and god was not in any of it but after it all passed by a quiet voice came by very subtle and spoke to the heart of the man of god the thunder the lightning the the earthquake and the fire everybody would have been like that's the lord that's the lord running after the next greatest thing that somebody's got a fire that's got to be the holy ghost everything that burns is not god you didn't hear what I just said let me repeat that for those of you who's hearing aids were not turned up yet everything that burns is not God in fact the devil is a phenomenal arsonist he lives an entire lake of fire he knows how fire works really well hell is nothing more than fire so he should know how it works so everything that burns is not the Holy Spirit there are such things as strange fire and in the in the Bible when people offered up strange fire they died, they got killed still fire but they offered the wrong fire everything that burns is not the Holy Ghost so let me just say it while I'm on my little I'm going to you know, be fired moment every church that gets you to jump, spin, scream, shout and knows how to pump you and prime you and get you to do it, not all of that's God that's emotionalism, that has nothing to do with the Holy Spirit they just know how to work your emotions Not every church is Jesus. Sorry. You know, I have to like it, but it ain't. I've sat in some of those churches and thought, God is so far from this place. They don't even have people running around doing all this stuff. And I'm thinking, I don't, my spirit don't bear witness with none of this nonsense going on in this building. The earth's quaking. Oh, that's got to be the Holy Ghost. Fire's for. That's got to be the Holy Ghost. And sometimes God is just sitting, waiting for the earth to stop shaking the fire to stop burning and he's waiting just to see how many people just going to run off the side of the cliff with all the sights and sounds of the moment. Sometimes Brother James, God's just sitting there waiting for everybody to get done having their moment of chaos. Because sometimes church, I'll just be honest with you, I've been to plenty of camp meetings, you can't tell me. I've been to plenty of general assemblies, plenty of conferences. Sometimes there ain't nothing more than just chaos. Thank God, it's chaos. People running around, jumping. I'm not saying not celebrate the Holy Spirit. Don't miss a show. People run around jumping stuff and sometimes you're thinking there there is no way you just know you can feel it there's nothing going on and while all that is going on causing confusion disruption chaos everywhere sometimes i believe god's just standing there quietly on the sidelines waiting for all the pandemonium to cease and when it all settles and everybody leaves and goes home but two or three people just sit in the pew and just for a minute thinking gosh lord i was really hoping to get something from you and then that moment god comes in and says hey Ann know everybody was running over there acting fool but that wasn't me but here I am the quietness the stillness of the voice so the world wants you to live in chaos and pandemonium because that's how the devil distracts you he doesn't want you to sit in the quietness and the meditation and the serenity of the spirit of God we've lost that ability we see all this stuff going on around us We've learned how to sing it. We've learned how to shout it. We've learned how to program it. We've learned how to script it. We've learned how to bring the right preachers in and say it's church. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's a production. It's not church. We're producing something, but it ain't God. I'm reminded, and I close with this. This is why I believe we don't see miracles. I'm going to pick up the rest of this next week talking about the definition of miracles the distribution of miracles the dimensions of miracles i'll tell you why i believe we don't see stuff like this how many people come to prayer meetings on monday if you haven't don't answer that (laughs) but if i said tomorrow night at seven o'clock we're gonna have prayer meeting we're coming here i'm not having any music we're not singing we're coming to pray 60 people show up. Prepare me tomorrow night. I don't want you to answer that. I don't want you to think about that. I'm not talking about while you're working. I'm talking about you know some people work night shift. I get that, but I'm talking about seven o'clock at night when everybody's pretty much gonna be home. Most people. How many people's coming back? In the times that you have experienced this in your life, how many people when you have seen come back to that? If I said starting next Sunday, five o'clock. I'm opening up this building for prayer meeting from 5 to 6 before church at 6 o'clock. From 5 to 6 we're going to have old-fashioned meet in different rooms and have prayer meeting. How I many coming an hour early? Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. I don't want you to feel guilty. You know why there's not miracles? Because nobody's putting a sacrifice of effort into it. Nobody's, nobody's activating faith. One of my favorite songs of all time is written by it's not my favorite, but one of my favorites. I have a list being musical. One of my favorite songs of all time is written by a artist by the name of Matt Redman. He's written a lot of different praise and worship songs. Quite a few years ago, I think it was around the turn of the century, around the two thousand marks, somewhere in that window. He was serving on a church, a larger church a musical pastor, a musical staff pastor. His part of his church that he was at it was a part of a campus that was mainly the young adult campus. I mean, it was a large group, but it was mainly young adults and middle-aged folks. Not really a lot of seniors, but the middle-aged, young adult. That was that campus. Very, if you will, uh, at that particular time, they were they were you know very uh, you know up to date with the, the, the day culture of the day. I guess you could say with their style of music, things like that. And their pastor walked into a staff meeting. He looked at his staff and he said, I don't want any music for, till further notice. None. I don't want you to sing. You'll stay employed. But I don't want you to sing. I don't want you to play. Because I think what we're creating is an emotional church because they're all coming up here jumping up and down when you play a fast song play a slow song, they all start crying, and I don't think they even know why they're jumping or why they're crying, they just are responding to how the music makes them feel, and that's not church, I'm not having this This as a club, I'm not doing that, and so he stopped, he just literally just said, no music, I'm going to preach, as soon as you walk in the door, we're going to sit down, I'm open prayer, and I'll preach, and we're going home, he did this for a couple months, yeah, sure, some people left the church, but what he did is he started creating an atmosphere of people hearing the word, hearing the, the, the God of the Bible come to life. Not jumping, not screaming, not shouting, not emotional response to a good beat. But an encounter with God in His presence. After a few months passed by, he approached Matt and said, Matt, next Sunday, I want one song. Just one. Before we bring music back, we'll one song right before I preach. How this is going to go. Matt went back to his office. He started thumbing through all of his music. He was looking for different songs. Shout to the Lord. He's looking, what can I be one song, What's the song, Lord, that I can come walk back into this building? And as soon as we sing, we can just feel the glory fall down and, uh, you know, have this encounter of worship, this spiritual experience where the praises go up, the blessings come up. go I get one shot. What's that song? And he never got a piece about it. So it's a beautiful one night. He was laying in his bed. Thoughts started flooding his mind he took out a piece of paper a journal his wife was asleep he started writing words like this when the music there was no music at his church and all is stripped away now simply come Lord I'm longing just to bring something that's of worth that will bless your heart remember he's a music pastor he ain't sung in months Lord, I'll bring you more than a song. For a song in itself is not what you require. You search much deeper within through the way things appear. Even now you're looking into my heart. And then he coined the most poetic chorus that I have ever heard sung. Lord, I'm coming back to a heart of worship where it's all about you. It's all about you. Lord, I'm sorry for the things that I've made of it. When it was always about you. Always about you. He went to his piano that next morning and he started putting lyrics of music to the song. And that Sunday morning, he stood up in front of that congregation and he led, I'm coming back. For the very first time that song ever was sung, he led, I'm coming back to the heart of worship where it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I've made it when it's been always about you why I think we don't see miracles? Because we've made it all about us. When everything we do should have always been about Him. Every song I sing, every song this band plays, every song these singers sing, every song these special guests singers sing, it shouldn't be how talented Miss Carol sounds. It shouldn't be how gifted sister Jennifer plays or brother Randy and brother Dennis or brother Larry and brother Tyler It shouldn't be how gifted brother Jimmy or sister uh, Lila Faye are in singing no no it shouldn't be about my gift there are diversities of gifts but it's the same spirit everything we do as the body of Christ whether we like it or not whether we agree or not boils down to one thing here's how I want to finish this message today before we segue out of here today I did this one time before but I have felt the Lord's instructed me to handle this service the same way again every Sunday morning and Sunday night you sit at these views and when we sing you stand and you see a rostrum of singers You see musicians on both sides. You see singers, musicians. When the music's over, you see some guy who's got a lot more gray hair now than he did when he got here. Not you, me, buddy. Me, both of us. Stand up behind that pulpit and preach. Or if I'm not here, a guest speaker. But what if, just what if, one Sunday, instead of me, you didn't look at the pulpit, but you looked above it, what if that Sunday I stood back here and preached God's word, blank pulpit, but something, the Bible says, Lord lift up my eyes, from which forth my strength and my help comes For my help cometh from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, it says, let's be lifted high, cru- now look, look look up to Jesus the author and perfecter of your faith heavenly what if instead of seeing a young whippersnapper preacher behind a pulpit what if instead of seeing singers and musicians we saw a cross yeah it's small in nature it's not the exact replica of what Jesus did but what if we remember what it stood for blood pain embarrassment, agony, torture. And what if we remembered that that cross wasn't for me, it wasn't for Jesus to be on. But you instead. Because so often we expect to see the man behind the pulpit, the man, the myth, the legend. And what if I told you that I'm not the man, the myth, and the legend you should be looking at every Sunday? But I should really in reality sit right here with you. And every Sunday we should be asking him, God, what do you got to say today? What does your word say, God? What does your spirit say, God? God, what if I just sat on this pew and God, I let you just talk today instead of me? What if next Sunday I walked near and said, you know what, guys, I don't have a message. I'm going to sit on the, pool, the pew with you today. We're going to sit here and we're just going to wait till God speaks for himself know why we miss miracles because we made it about us we got too many limelights behind the pulpit and spotlights behind the sacred lecterns. when it all should have been the light put, the light, put back on the light of the world too many people want to be in the light rather than walking in his light so here's what I'm going to ask you to do and then we're going to be done I don't know if you need a miracle I don't know if you need salvation I don't know what you need But if you have a need, you're going to think, Pastor, this is the craziest altar call I've ever seen done in human history. Welcome to my normal church service. That's what I do. I never want you to get comfortable doing this. But if you have a need, miracle, salvation, whatever, this is what I want you to do. I want you to come to this altar. Now, you can kneel if you want. You can stand if you want. You can sit on this pew if you want. But I want you to face that way. I put Jesus towards that cross. Sitting, kneeling, standing, however you want to do it. I'm going to pray for you, but I'm not going to come to you to pray for you. I'm going to stand right over here by myself. Because you don't need me. You don't need me to pray for you. You don't need my hand to touch you. And you certainly don't need my wisdom to help you get out of it. You need God to talk to you, God to touch you, and God to fix you. Anybody? We've got one. Any others? Just come talk to Jesus. Just you and Jesus. Are there any others that have a need? I don't want you to miss your moment. Just come right here and talk to God. It's not about me. You can pray for miracles. You can pray for salvation. You can pray for deliverance. You don't need me. You need God today. You need the Spirit of the Lord to speak to your heart today. Maybe you need wisdom. Maybe you need guidance. Maybe you need a miracle. Maybe you need love. Maybe you need the joy of the Lord again. Maybe you need guidance, clarity. Maybe you need directional input from the spirit of the Lord the Bible said trust in the Lord all your heart and he will make your pathways known what to do what do you need what do you need you may be going back to school you may be going back to a harsh work environment in the morning what do you need what do you need you don't need me <laughs> you need him <laughs> you need him We need Jesus. Father, to the very best of my ability today, I have spoken your word. God, never let it be said we're a church of missing miracles. Lord, let it be said that we're a church that believes in the miracle-working power of Jesus Christ. God, there are men and women that are in this altar. They need a touch from God. They need the Spirit of the Lord to give them guidance, clarity. They need the Spirit of the Lord to give them a peace, their joy again, love again. They need the Spirit of the Lord to give them a supernatural encounter that that they can really say they heard from God today. They don't need me. They don't need my words. They don't need my wisdom. They don't need my hand to touch them. They need God's hand. To reach down from the portals of glory and to pick them up and give them the word of the hour, the rhema word, the fresh word, the manna, the daily word from God. They need to see the miracle happen. prayed for it, or because he did anything, but because God walked in and interceded, and God did what no man could do—only what God could do. That's what we need today. We don't need another man we need an encounter with the Holy Spirit there are diversities of gifts but they are the same spirit that worketh them all so that's the spirit of God I am calling on today and petitioning for today that same spirit that same Jesus that same spirit that same author and perfecter of our faith reveals himself today God, let it be said of us when we leave this place. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. It was a good thing to be in God's house that the Lord has made. And I will rejoice and be glad in it. God, this is your day in your house. Father, I thank you that you are a God of our needs according to the riches of Christ Jesus, our Lord. I thank you that you're no respecter of persons, but you will administer to each man or woman a measure, a dispensation of your mercy, love, and grace to the very amount and measure that they need it. Because you're God. You're God alone. And going to run the aisle and jumping up and down, screaming and snorting. Sermon today. God, it might have seemed come across as this is still small boys. God, sometimes we don't need the shout because the shout runs out. Sometimes we got to know in whom we believe in and we are persuaded that he is able to keep all the things that we have charged unto him until that day. That's the kind of God that we serve. That we serve. Shine upon them, be gracious to them, lift up the countenance towards them and give them the peace of God that surpasses all human understanding and guard their hearts until they come again. Church, can we say together, on your screen, Psalms 19 and 14, it's our church benediction and proclamation. Let's say it together like we believe it. Let the words of our mouths, the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, my strength, my Redeemer. I love you. I am praying for you always. I'm going to ask Brother Randy if he will come this morning and he will dismiss you in prayer. Immediately following that, you're free to be dismissed. Don't forget Back to School Bash. Don't forget all of the announcements. Also, don't forget church. Please, if all possible, be here. We're going to be continuing our series or our messages on the blessings of God. You don't want to miss it. Sometimes God has a blessing that he wants to pour out on you. He wants to give you good gifts, but you got to be here today to hear from the Lord. I love you and pray for you. God bless you. Brother Ershberger, would you pray today?